uh, secret arts, the immersing of the United States with Hindu philosophy, and the awaiting of a new age of enlightenment and peace which man is evolving towards, the age of Aquarius. Uh, we then gave a brief history of the New Age movement and discussed some of the New Age spokespeople and some of the groups. Now what I'd like to do is discuss the beliefs of the New Age movement and then attempt to refute them with the Word of God and some of their goals, the goals of the New Age movement, and then also uh, refute them with the Word of God. First belief I'd like to discuss is the divinity of all mankind. The divinity of all mankind. That's the belief that all, all of us are God. The divinity of all mankind, the Christ within. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Genesis chapter 3, and verses 4 and 5. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely shall not die. For God knows that in that day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The lie of Satan was that man would be like God. In Isaiah uh, 14 and Ezekiel 28, we see that the reason why Lucifer fell was because he wanted to be like God. And so it's the lie of Satan. It is not... Uh, in fact, let me read Lucifer's what Lucifer says, referred to by theologians as the five I wills, what Lucifer said when he fell. Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, that means O Lucifer, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you have weakened the nations, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the Mount of Assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. And so here, Lucifer wanted the worship that belonged only to God. He wanted to make himself like the Most High God. So the New Agers teach that we all have the Christ within. All of us are divine. All of us are God. The Bible teaches that comes straight. That's a lie from hell. It comes straight from the pits of hell, from Lucifer himself. Also, they teach that Jesus is not the Christ, but like the Christian scientists, they teach that Jesus was the man and Christ was the God consciousness within him that he exercised better than anyone else so far. However, we all have the Christ consciousness within us. We potentially are as good as, if not better, than Christ. But 1 John chapter 2, verse 22 reads, Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. So whoever denies that Jesus alone is the Christ, he is teaching anti-Christian doctrine. Then uh, New Agers teach the Hindu teaching of reincarnation and karma. Reincarnation and karma, which is the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth in another body. Your soul goes through being reincarnated in another body. The cycle of birth, death, and rebirth to atone or pay off, pay for one's negative karma from former lives. 
But Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 clearly states that it is appointed for man to die once and then comes the judgment. It is appointed for man to die once and then comes the judgment. Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31 we have the uh, account given on Lazarus the beggar and the rich man in Hades and the message clearly there is that they cannot return they're either uh, the Lazarus the beggar was in paradise he couldn't return to earth and uh, the rich man was in Hades in torment waiting for the judgment no second chance look at Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 that was Luke 16 19 to 31 on uh, Lazarus and the rich man but Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 God after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son whom he, appear, uh, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power when he had made purification of sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high it says that when he when Jesus had made purification of sins Jesus Christ alone is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world we don't need reincarnation to do away with our negative karma reincarnation is a myth it is a falsity there's no evidence for it there's no truth to it and uh, the only way for those negative aspects of sinfulness of our life the sins of our life to be dealt with is through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins the only other alternative is for us ourselves to suffer the eternal flames of hell uh, for our sins uh, number three the new age belief that God is impersonal God is impersonal Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 16 reads for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life but it tells us that God loves the world God loves us Exodus God gave us the Ten Commandments God can command us he can tell us what is right and what is wrong God loves us and he seeks to have a personal relationship with us God wrote a book for us, the Bible, the Old and New Testaments. Uh, God uh, spoke to us through his prophets. You see, God is a personal God. He's not an impersonal force. He's not an it like the uh, uh, New Agers would have us to believe. God is not an it. He is a personal being. He is a moral being. In fact, if God is impersonal, how did God bring into existence personal beings? If the effect is personal, the cause must at least be personal. In fact, King David, listen to what King David says in Psalm 94. Psalm 94, a Psalm of David. verse 9 
Psalm 94 and verse 9. He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who chastens the nations, will he not rebuke? Even he who teaches man knowledge. You see, it's very, very clear in this passage that the God of the Bible, he caused the existence of all mankind. Therefore, if man can see and hear, truly God must also be able to see and hear. And he also, in this passage, talks about the fact that God will someday judge us. This is a personal God. If man can see and man can hear, then truly God can at least do that. It's not saying that God's got eyes and ears, but it's saying that God can hear. God can see. God can at least do what we do, but then as our Creator, obviously, He can do much more. And whatever He does, He does perfectly while we do it imperfectly. And in a limited way, He does it in unlimited fashion. Another belief of the New Age movement is that God is everything. God is the universe. This is called pantheism. God is the universe. But the Bible teaches Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So God is not the universe. Instead, God created the universe. And so... Uh, the New Age movement, the teaching on pantheism, that God is the universe. Modern science uh, it teaches us through the uh, second law of thermodynamics, energy deterioration, that the universe is winding down. If it's winding down, it had to be wound up. It's going to have an end, therefore it had to have a beginning. Therefore, the universe is not eternal. Something outside the universe had to bring it into existence. This agrees with the Bible, it disagrees with pantheism and the New Age movement. Another view common among New Agers is that the crucifixion of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ is only was only an example. Jesus set an example for us that we should be willing to die for what is right. The Bible teaches that it was much more, the crucifixion of Christ was much more than an example. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed. And then First Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And so the crucifixion is more than an example. It is Jesus Christ dying as our substitute, taking our sins upon himself on the cross of Calvary. It is Jesus Christ dying in our place. Another common New Age misconception is that Jesus is one of many good ways to reach enlightenment. In other words, Jesus is one of many good ways to be saved. But in John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus Christ did not say, I am one of many ways. Jesus Christ said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
Jesus Christ is not one of many ways. He is the only way by which man can be saved. John 3, 16-18 reads as follows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Very clear in this passage is it taught that if you reject Jesus Christ, you are not saved. And we need to proclaim that message loud and clear. If you reject Jesus Christ, you will not be saved. Look at Acts 4.12. Acts 4.12. Jesus Christ is not one of many ways to be saved. He is the only way to be saved. Acts 4.12. And there is salvation in no one else, talking about Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And then finally, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 23. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 23 Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. This is even amplified in Luke chapter 10 and verse 16. Very clear. If you deny the Son, you don't have the Father who sent him. If you accept the Son, so we claim to be and trust in him for salvation, then you have the Father also. You can't say, well, I don't believe in Jesus, but I believe in God the Father. No, if you believe in uh, Jesus uh, if, you don't, if you don't believe in Jesus then you don't believe in the Father who sent them even John chapter 6 verse 29 Jesus says this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent to reject the Son is to reject the Father Jesus is not one of many good ways he is the only way by which man can be saved he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world he died on the cross as our substance he died for our sins and took our punishment for us the only way to be saved is to trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation now New Agers will differ on Jesus their view of Jesus they teach that he is either a, just a man Jesus is either just a man who exercised the God consciousness better than any, anybody else did or they teach that he's one of the many incarnations of God Buddha was an incarnation of God. So-and-so uh, was an incarnation of God right on down the line. But John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, The Word became flesh. So Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. John 3.16, very important here. Let's not overlook it. John chapter 3 and verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It says that he didn't give one of his begotten sons. He says he gave his only begotten Son. Jesus is not one of many incarnations of God. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 very clearly teaches that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God's nature. Titus 2.13, the Apostle Paul refers to Jesus Christ as our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1 refers to Jesus Christ as our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at John chapter 10 verses 30 to 33. I and the Father are one. Jesus spoke that. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. And so Jesus Christ clearly claimed to be the God in the flesh, not one of many incarnations of God, but the only incarnation of God, the only begotten Son of the Father. New Agers also teach that man is already saved and sinless. Man is already saved and man is sinless. Look at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verses 25 and 26. And when the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? And looking upon them, Jesus said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so it's impossible for man to save himself. He must look to God for the way of salvation. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. And then Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Scriptures are very clear that man is a sinner. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so, uh, very clearly, they're teaching that man is already saved and that he is sinless is hogwash, the Bible refutes it. Now, by the way, as we go along here, as we cover these passages, many New Agers do not consider the Bible the inerrant Word of God. You'll see it as uh, being divine in that uh, some of the passages are true and, and God's teachings, but God's truth can be found in all religious writings. Now, with those type of New Agers, what you're going to have to do is provide evidence for the Bible being God's Word, such as uh, the evidence of fulfilled prophecies, the prophecies of the Bible that have been fulfilled. You're going to have to uh, try to provide evidence that Jesus Christ claimed to be God, that he literally rose from the dead, eyewitnesses attest to it, eyewitnesses who were sincere enough about what they saw to die for their faith. They testify that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, and the resurrection proved that he is God, and then Jesus Christ referred to the Old Testament as God's word, and stated that he would guide the apostles into all the truth, and thus the Old and New Testaments are God's word. Uh, but you will find some New Agers who have a Catholic background or a Protestant background who do believe the Bible is God's word, and then you can just directly deal with these passages to disprove them. And so we're really, three different things we're looking at. Number one, where we see these verses, it tells us as Christians that we can't be New Agers because the New Agers contradict the Bible. Number two, it, it gives us some, uh, some arsenal, some weaponry 
where we can uh, show New Agers who believe the Bible is God's word that they're mistaken about some of the beliefs that they hold to, some of the New Age beliefs they hold to. And number three, if we can provide evidence for the Bible being God's word, then we may be able to use these passages to refute the New Ager. Another uh, false belief of New Agers is that they deny a literal hell. They deny the teachings of a literal hell. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 47 and 48, Jesus talks about this literal hell where the fire is not quenched and the worm does not die. Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 to 11, speak about the eternal flames of hell. Let's take a look at that passage. Revelation 14, verses 9 to 11. And another angel, a third one, followed him, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead or upon his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in, in the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. The Bible teaches the eternal lake of fire is a literal hell where those who reject Jesus Christ for salvation will be condemned for all eternity. Another belief of the New Age movement is communication with the spirit world for knowledge. Communication with the spirit world for knowledge. It used to be called spiritism, now it's called channeling where the person voluntarily gets possessed by a spirit entity and the spirit entity gives messages through them. Rampa and Sap are two of the most famous spirit entities, what I would refer to as demons, that possess people and speak through them. So channeling is a voluntarily possession where the channeler is used as an instrument by which the demon speaks through and it's communication with the spirit world for knowledge. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, a passage we read earlier. Deuteronomy chapter 18, and verses 9 to 12. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, go between, between the spirit realm and the physical realm, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. So the Bible forbids communication with the spirit world for knowledge. Look at Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 19. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 19. And when they say to you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? And so uh, the Bible clearly teaches, consult the God of the Bible for answers. If he doesn't give you answers, 
and just trust in him despite your lack of knowledge in that area but don't seek knowledge from the spiritual realm apart from the God of the Bible they also teach the second coming of Christ a lot of New Agers teach that it is the Lord Maitreya the Lord Maitreya Benjamin Krem tried to announce his coming on the stage uh, coming out into public the second coming of Christ the Lord Maitreya but look at John chapter 14 John chapter 14 verses 1 to 3 let not your heart be troubled believe in God believe also in me Jesus Christ is speaking my father's house are many dwelling places if it were not so I would have told you for I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also you see Jesus Christ says that he himself will return this is also taught in Acts chapter 1 after Christ speaks to them in verse uh, Acts chapter 1 verses 9 to 11 reads as follows and after he had said these things he was lifted up that's the ascension while they were looking on and a cloud received them out of their sight and as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing behold two men in white clothing probably two angels stood beside them and he also said men of Galilee why do you stand looking into the sky this Jesus not a different Jesus this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven and so it's very very clear here that the second coming of Christ the second coming of Jesus where the unification church teaches that it's Reverend Moon uh, whereas the New Agers teach that it's Lord Maitreya at least many New Agers teach that the second coming of Christ is the second coming of Jesus Christ Jesus is the Christ you can't make a distinction between the two as New Agers do the New Agers also teach that this is a new age of spiritual consciousness mankind is progressing we're moving forward we're getting better we're evolving to the point where we'll no longer need wars we'll no longer have poverty but we're reaching a new age of spiritual consciousness that we're evolving into but what does the Bible talk about these last days does it speak about it as a new age of spiritual consciousness as man progressing and getting better no look at 1st Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 1st Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 but the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons and that's what you have in channeling that's what you have in channeling uh, you have that communication with the spirit realm communication with demons and doctrines of demons being taught we also find this in first john chapter 4 verse 1 where it tells us to test the spirits to see whether if they are from god it's not a new age of spiritual consciousness look at second thessalonians said an age of demonic doctrine is what it is second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 now we request you brethren with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit 
or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God displaying himself as being God. That's the Antichrist who will come from the one world government, which is the direction the New Age movement is heading to. But Paul says, uh, don't be quickly shaken from your composure or disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. In other words, the day of the Lord where the Lord establishes peace on earth has not come and don't listen to a spirit saying that he has. He has not come yet. And uh, this new age of spiritual consciousness is instead an age of demonic doctrines, demonic deception not spiritual consciousness, not a spiritual awakening, a spiritual enlightening, but a demonic deception. And they talk about a new age of peace that we're all supposed to uh, happily accept. A new age of peace, but look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. In fact, verses 2 and 3. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. When they are saying peace and safety then destruction will come upon them suddenly like birth pains upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Everybody's talking about this new age of peace. The Soviet Union has broke, been broken apart and now we can all live together in peace is what they're talking about. But the Bible says when, when people say peace and safety, then destruction will come. Isaiah 9.6 clearly tells us that Jesus Christ alone is the Prince of Peace. Revelation 19, 11-16 tells us very clearly that when he returns in, in righteousness, he judges and wages war, and he'll shepherd the nations with an iron rod. Jesus Christ is going to return to earth. He's going to carry a bigger stick than anybody else has got, and he's going to enforce peace through his strength. That's how we'll get peace. You see, the New Ager denies the inherent sinfulness of, sinfulness of man, so they don't see violence as an internal problem of man that comes from the heart of man, they see it as an external problem. If we get rid of the weapons, we can all live together in peace. Well, the Bible teaches that we won't get our peace until the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ, returns. When he gives us that peace, then we will, uh, uh, when, when Christ gives us that peace, then we'll have peace. But mankind is not going to bring peace upon himself. In fact, in Daniel 9, I believe it's verse 26, Daniel says that even to the end there will be war. So man is not going to get war. Man living against rebellion against God can never get peace. The only way to get peace in a world of sinful man is to carry a bigger stick than anybody else has gotten and force peace through your strength. And that's what Jesus Christ, the perfect king, is going to do. Let's talk very briefly on some of the goals of the New Age movement. One of their goals is the unity of religions, the unity of all religions centering on man's divinity, that man is God. Uh, the Baha'i faith is going very far to try to unite religions, and they're very popular within the New Age movement. But their goal is to the unity of religions centering on man's divinity. 
But Isaiah 43, verse 10, God says, Before me there was no God formed, nor will there be one after me. Man is not divine. Jesus Christ says in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then also, in Matthew 7, very important passage, Jesus Christ does not teach that all paths lead to God. Jesus teaches that only he can save us. And in Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14, he states this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. There is only one small narrow way to heaven. And that's why Jesus Christ says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So one of the goals of the New Age movement is a unity of religions centering on man's divinity. Another goal of the New Age movement is a one-world government. A one-world government. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9, the Tower of Babel, man had that one-world government. Man spoke the same language. Man was in rebellion against God, but he was united in that rebellion against God. And what God did was he divided their languages. God wants separate nations at this time. The only time God wants man united is when the perfect king comes. You see, the best possible government is a one-world government with an absolutely perfect king. And we'll get that when Jesus Christ returns. Until that point, the worst government that we can have is a one-world government with an imperfect king, especially if that imperfect king is the demon-possessed Antichrist of the last days. By the way, that is what this thrust for a one world government that's where it's going to lead us it's going to lead us right to the reign of the antichrist look at revelation chapter uh, 13 verses 3 to 7 revelation 13 verses 3 to 7 and i saw one of his heads as if it had been slain and his fatal wound was healed and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast they followed after the antichrist and they worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? And who is able to wage war with him? And there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for forty-two months, as three and a half years was given to him. And he opened his mouth and blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, that is, who dwell in heaven. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. And so you have the one world religion. In fact, verse 8 says, And all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has, who has not been written from the foundation of the world, the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. So you're going to have the one world religion all the unsaved world worshiping the Antichrist. You're going to have the one world government, the Antichrist ruling, yet the book of Revelation teaches that more than one out of every two people on the planet Earth will die in the wars and the famines and the poverty and the hardship and trials and the persecution that will come when we have one united religion and one united government under the leadership of the Antichrist. Uh, the New Agers also teach no moral absolutes, no such thing as wrong. There's no such thing as wrong. What's right for you is right for me, doesn't have to be... Uh, what's right for you is right for you, doesn't have to be right for me, and vice versa. 
and they teach these values clarification in the public schools. There's no such thing as right and wrong. It doesn't matter. You decide what you want to do. Well, what does Micah 6.8 teach us, the Bible? What does the Bible teach us? In Micah 6.8 it reads as follows, He has told you, O man, what is, go what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31 tell us, uh, Jesus Christ tells us, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. And that if we do these things, we would obey the law of God. And obviously, only believers can do that. But you see, the Bible teaches that there is such a thing as right and wrong. In fact, if there's no such thing as right and wrong, we have no right to call the actions of Adolf Hitler wrong when he butchered six million Jews and put them in ovens and tortured people horribly. And so either there is such a thing as right and wrong or you can't call anybody's actions, even the actions of Ted Bundy, you can't call anybody's actions wrong unless you hold uh, to the biblical concept of such a thing as right and wrong. But one of the goals of the New Age movement is to teach their values clarification in the public schools, which is to teach students that there's no such thing as right and wrong. Now, in the closing minutes, I'd like to discuss something that is very, very serious. The health, wealth, and prosperity movement within the Christian church, the health, wealth, and prosperity movement within the Christian church uh, is actually, everybody thinks that Kenneth Hagin is the founder of it, uh, a different gospel written by a gentleman named McConnell, a graduate of Oral Roberts University who is a Pentecostal but is opposed to the health, wealth, and prosperity movement, which, by the way, has saturated Oral Roberts University. Uh, but uh, in that book he showed where Kenneth Hagin's teachings, Kenneth Hagin is really not the founder of the faith movement, the health, wealth, and prosperity movement, the name and acclaimment movement, the positive confession movement, in the Christian Church. Actually, he plagiarized the writings of E.W. Kenyon, who tried to merge the mind science cult, such as uh, Christian science, with Christianity. And with such statements as, uh, a child, I'm a child of God, I do not inherit sickness. And so he tried to merge these views, the views of Mary Baker Eddy and Christian science with Christianity. Now the thing is, the Christian science movement, the Christian science cult, uh, is very compatible with the New Age movement. So that these professing Christians, such as Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Frederick Price, Casey Treat, Earl Park, Norman Vincent Peale, and Robert Schuller, right on down the line, these gentlemen in the name and acclaim it movement, the positive confession movement, uh, Either they've been influenced by the New Age movement or their views are so compatible with the New Age movement that we may see a merger. The one world religion, the apostasy of the Christian faith, a lot of it may have to do not only with liberal Catholics, liberal Protestants, but also the health and wealth movement may eventually merge with the New Age movement. Look at a quote from Walter Martin, quotes from Kenneth Copeland on page 76 of his book. And 
he states this. Kenneth uh, Copeland states this. God is God. He is a spirit. And he imparted in you, and he imparted in you when you were born again. Peter said it just as plain. He said, we are partakers of the divine nature. That nature is alive, eternal, and absolute perfection, and that it was imparted, injected into your spirit, in, into your spirit, man, and you have, the, have that imparted into you by God just the same as you imparted into your child the nature of humanity. Copeland goes on to state this, that child wasn't born a whale, it was born a human. Well now, you don't have a human, do you? You No, you are one. You don't have a God in you, you are one. Very clearly, Kenneth Copeland teachings, teaches you are a God. And that teaching is very compatible with the New Age movement. Earl Polk, another Christian preacher, teaches this. Just as dogs have puppies and cats have kittens, so God has little gods. Until we comprehend that we are little gods and begin to act like little gods, we cannot manifest the kingdom of God. So another professing Christian preacher who teaches that we're gods with a small g. Norman Vincent Peale uh, calls visualization, that's New Age meditation, positive thinking carried one step further. And uh, so Norman Vincent Peale holds to the Visual, visualization techniques of the New Age movement. And then Robert Schuller states this on page 79 of Martin's book, The New Age Cult. I believe that the responsibility in this age is to posit, uh, positivize religion, make it positive. Now this probably doesn't have much bearing on you being unity people. This is when he's teaching the unity school of Christianity, uh, who he considers brothers. Uh, you being unity people, you're positive, but I talk a great deal to groups that are that are not positive. Even to what we call fundamentalists who deal constantly with words like sin, salvation, repentance, guilt, and that sort of thing. In other words, Norman Vincent Peale, or Robert Schuller here, in other words, Robert Schuller is basically saying he's supposed to be a Christian, and he's saying, hey, I have more in common with the unity school of Christianity because you're positive people. We've got to straighten out these fundamentalists who literally interpret the scripture so that they they tell people that there's such a thing as sin, salvation, repentance from our sins, guilt. We got to get away from those type of things. And I believe that unless the health, wealth, and prosperity movement repents, they are going to merge with the New Age movement. Liberal Catholics are going to merge with the New Age movement. Liberal Protestants are going to merge with the New Age movement. And we're going to have a one-world religion teaching that. All mankind are gods. We're gods. We have God within us. And this is going to be the end time world religion, the apostasy. First uh, Timothy tells us that in the end time, in the end times, the church, many in the church, will depart from the faith and accept doctrines from demons. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, T.L. Osborne, all these help on the prosperity teachers supposedly are visited by Christ time and time again. It is my understanding that it is a different Jesus, not the Jesus of the gospel, and their Jesus says that they are gods with a small g. That is doctrines of demons, and we need to get this message out. But the New Age movement has infected the Christian church, and the apostasy is in our midst, and we must stay.
to the true teachings of the Word of God. That's the New Age movement. We must confront it and refute it uh, as they attempt to bring in the New World Order. Thank you, and God bless you.